Strike a Chord, Music Chit Chat with your host, Valentino Kikowski. Welcome to the Strike a Chord podcast and welcome to Oscar Poncel, great musician, good, great guitarist, good friend of mine. Welcome, Oscar. Thank you, Valentino. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me over here at Yesteryear. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolute pleasure is, and it's all ours. So, um, Oscar, I got you on this podcast to have a chat about about what you do, what sort of guitarist you are, and also I know you, you play various different instruments as well. So, and, yeah. and and coming from the South American background, you play a bit of the tres and a bit of a few other things. Yeah. But on top of all of that, you also do a bit of loops and everything like that. So, in this podcast, I want to I want to you know, pick your brain a little bit. Sure, Get sure. inside your brain and see how it all works, you know. Yeah, so sounds good. You wanna get, just tell us yeah. a bit about yourself and what you do here in Melbourne and sure. everything like that. No worries. Um, well, um, uh, I was um, born here in Australia um, and at the age of 13 and 14, moved to South America, to Chile, with my parents and my siblings. Um, and, um, and that's where I started to pick up the guitar in, in terms of like, you know, learning stuff. And, um, and there was a, it was a, it was a good, good learning curve there, learning, um, a bunch of different stuff, you know, like we start with grunge music and metal and, you know. Grunge and metal in South America. Grand, huh? Oh, it's huge. I know. Huge. I know. I know. Huge. The thrash metal is pretty yeah. big in Brazil. So yeah. Metals. That's right. Yeah. You know, we had like influences like Sepultura, yeah, <laughs> the one Pantera, and only, yeah, yeah. And then there was all these Chilean bands that were like really phenomenal. And one of my teachers was a phenomenal guitarist, and yeah, he kind of inspired me to to get into it even even more. You know, go go more serious. Yeah. So um, then I found another teacher who was like all into the blues stuff, and he knew. He knew his he knew his neck really well, you know, the, the his whole chops. neck, his chops. Like yeah. he had yeah. He had it all sorted out and it was just like amazing to watch. So it was really inspiring and um so then in Chile uh I was studying a mechanical engineering okay. degree. Okay. And I got through two years of it and then went on a little holiday and I've just realized that I had an epiphany, you know, had just like As we all do. Yeah. Had that, that musical epiphany. And um and I decided to move back to Australia to study music. And pursue it. And pursue it, like, full-time, you know, like a career. And make, make something of it, you know. Good on you. And, and I've been here since, so that was, like, 2000. So you're, you're born here? Yeah. Am I correct? You're born, you went there, came back? And came back, yeah. Okay. At 20. 20 years 20. old. How'd you find that? How'd you find coming back here? Uh, it, was, it was a bit confronting because, like, in, uh, in Chile, I was... I felt like home, you know, mm. like uh, here, you know, part of the reason why we left was because here we never felt like we were from here, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I was yeah. getting up to no good in school and all of that stuff. Ah, uh, one of those <laughs> bad boy musicians. <laughs> bad boys. <laughs> and then, um, so yeah, Chile was a, like a big eye opener because, you know, you're like, you're from the culture. No one questions you where mm. you're from unless I talked English, you know. Yeah. I had my accent and yeah. stuff, but yeah. they, they embrace it, you know. Yeah. At least where I was, you know. And um, so it was really confronting. And then I came back here and it was just like, oh, I remember this Australian way of life. But it's, you know, it was completely different, mm. different kind of friendship circles and different, just different ways of, of the yeah. culture, you know. It's, it's just different. It's just different, you know. It's, and, and I think also because of all the cultures here, it's a melting pot. So you've got, you've got 
a whole like a whole bucket of all these different cultures put in in, in there, and then you're sort of you're you're looking at people differently. People are looking at you differently. Your your approach to people is different. You know, um, it's it's different cultures. You, you need to respect different cultures. You don't know whether you know when you say something whether it's accepted in their culture. You know, um, and I think that's the same with, with the music as well. You got to uh, it's all sorts of music here in Melbourne, and when you go and watch it, sometimes you're not used to listening to those sounds. You're not you're not listening to a certain instrument or anything like that. So, did you did you find that when you came when you came here musically, like we know like the characteristics of of the people and stuff, but but musically, how did you when you came back? How did you go back into the music and into gigging and into recording and everything like that? Yeah, well. That's um, it's an interesting question, and and um, it, it was um, there was multiple facets, I guess, like you know, get, trying to to break into the industry and stuff. Mm. Um, but I was I was lucky that you know I was into playing percussion music, and so my first gig here in Australia was playing percussion okay. in a salsa band. What, you know, what sort I of percussion was, was I was playing? playing? Bongos and bell. Oh, okay. Um, and Guido. Yeah, and singing and doing choruses with a big salsa band. Who was that with? It was called San Sonora America. Okay, Sonora in, America. Yeah, yeah Sonora yeah, yeah, America. Yeah. Pepe. Yeah, um, a while ago. Yeah, a long time ago, out in the bullring days, you know. Yeah, in Combo, that Combo as well, and I think was, that was that was they were the big days. Yeah, they? yeah, and it was the good. Was you know, huge. It was huge Thursdays and That's Friday, right. Saturday nights. They had the flamenco show. Yeah, with Angel. With Angel Brujo. El Brujo. Yeah, he'll get upset when we're like doing a little, <laughs> a little sound Brujo check, does. you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was that was my first gig, you know. Okay. And then I started going. I found the samba school, and I started yeah. going to the samba school. Because yeah. I really dig the Brazilian stuff. Oh, don't we all? I love Percussion it. Percussion is like a big thing of mine, you know. Um, we got we got Roland, who's our our main sound guy here. He's, right. he's Brazilian. Yeah. He knows everything about it, and he's a very good guitarist as well. So oh, maybe I didn't know you play guitar. Yeah, man. yeah, he plays very good guitar. He yeah. plays all samba bosses. He's well into it. All we're gonna right. we're gonna do something with him. Gonna do an interview. Yeah, um, <laughs> I am. But we're also tr trying to put something together with uh, Brazilian style flamenco sort of stuff. So okay, yes. But he's Sweet. very good. But he's he he doesn't like talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't know. After all these years. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then um, breaking into the scene, I I, I was also studying. I I, I started um, doing the jazz course at. Um, at the TAFE, uh, what was it? Um, uh, NMIT. NMI I did that one. Which is the Collingwood Yards yeah. now? Uh, yeah, the Collingwood Yards. I and did PBS. one in Greensboro, but I used to go to Collingwood yeah. as well. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So with Jack Pantazis. That's right. Jack yeah. Pantazis was, yeah. he was my second great teacher here. My first awesome teacher was Mario Genovese. You know Mario? No, I don't. He's like, uh, he's, he's like from... The VCA days with okay. like, um, I think it's like Doug DeVries and... Ah, from that, that generation, um, that sort of That school. generation, yeah, yeah. And he put me onto really cool, really good guitar stuff. Yeah. And and then Jack as well put me onto like, you know, players like Joe Pass and... Yeah. Jack, Jim is, Hall Jack is great though. <laughs> Jack's awesome. Yeah. He's a great teacher, really good educator. Yeah. And, um, you know, like Tom Fryer. Yeah. Craig Fermanis. Yep. Yeah, Steve Mags. So he, you, you opened up this world of, of these great guitars, and you thought, 
hang on, now it's now it's time to to diversify. You know, well, yeah, into- yeah. It's just opened up a bag of worms. You know, it's just <laughs> like far out. You see all this jazz stuff, and it's just like going past you, and just like got to learn all this stuff, and then also trying to do other other things. Yep. And at the same time, this is what I feel like happens to a lot of people is like when you come back from your country and you come and do music in a whole different place mm. it f- it feels like you you return you, your roots start pulling you know yeah okay and you start to you start to learn about your culture and well playing salsa music and all of that I, just, yep. I was like all right i have to learn about this get my ears soaked in all of that stuff and then it just stems to like all the Latino stuff and the Brazilian stuff and then it just goes to show how many things you take for granted sometimes you know um, like because because you lived there right yeah and you came back here and then you started learning and you started well trying to keep that culture you know yeah you know at some at some point in Chile like you know listening to cumbia music and that dancey music yeah. it was kind of daggy at some point you know to I, me I it was like completely understand you know, oh I'm not going to dance that yeah. stuff you know yeah and then he, he little did I know I was going to be on stage playing like a widow and going you know yeah but that's that's what happens like um I for for example I lived in Spain and I also lived in Macedonia for a bit and my background is Macedonia but I used to take that for granted and now I like look back and I think there's some really nice stuff you know and you think sometimes you're in that thing where you think oh it's daggy but now when you you get more mature and you start getting those things pieces and working it and making it your own and you think oh this is not not so bad you know yeah and it's connection you know it's connection yeah. to something greater or older you know reminds you it just brings you back you know yeah nostalgia and, yeah nostalgia I play that music like I got into the Peruvian stuff and and the Chilean stuff through my parents and you know like and I play that music and it just you know it just takes me back to to those roots you know yeah. my grandparents and listening to their waltzes and Peruvian yeah. stuff and it's like and it's, it's great awesome. music it's, it's beautiful it's, stuff it's beautiful stuff yeah, yeah. very melodic very um, ahead of its time. A lot of it, you know. You think some of the chords that are in there, the structures, and yeah, you think a lot way of back then they were thinking of this, these arrangements. They were putting these things together, you know. And yeah. sometimes we rack our brains to put something so simplistic and so beautiful together. We have to go through all these complications and then come back and see it's here. It's actually that's what it is. You yeah. Know? Sometimes it's more. It's it's way more simple than you think. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Exactly. And we overthink things sometimes. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not quite sure you, about you, but me sometimes being a guitarist, you overthink things and you think, why is it, Why is this happening? Why Why is it s- such a struggle sometimes, you know? And then you have a rest, you come back to the, to the guitar or maybe in the next day and you think, hang on, let's trip all this back. Yeah. This is what it is. This yeah. is actually good, you yeah. know? Instead of putting all this stuff and complicating things and overthinking things, you know? Well... It's um, it's a really, it's a really hard instrument to play. <laughs> it <laughs> is, I a, agree. You know, I say to my students when you know they're they're struggling with bits and pieces, I'm like, I say to them, I know what you're thinking. I know, like, you're thinking, I got to press these strings, I got to mm. pluck it at the right time, and then they got to think about reading, yeah. and then they got to think about time, and it's all this stuff going on. And then just imagine, like, you like performing, you got like performance anxiety, performance nerves, anxiety, or whatever, you know. Yeah. 
you got to keep it real on stage. You know, <laughs> there's right. so much going on. So it's, much, it's, so much. It's, it's and that's that's part on. of the challenge of being a musician as well. It's not just, you know, I'm going to play play this instrument. It's everything that happens around. Yeah, yeah, you know? that's right. And that's that's a very big thing for for a musician because, as you said, the performance, you know, what do I do here? Do I, you know, sometimes you don't remember things on stage. You have to wing things, you know. And you know that that is experience in itself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure you've been in the same situation where you've played with people that you haven't played with a lot. You're winging things, or you know, you got to get your repertoire up, so you're winging things. And you know, after it's all said and done, and after the gig's finished, you're exhausted. You know. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I've had I had a fair share of performance anxiety that I had to deal with over the years, going through uni and stuff like yeah. that. And um, that's a lot to deal with, you know. It's 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 really, um, it's really hard. And sometimes you just like put so much pressure on yourself. Mm. Where I've learned these days, it's you know not to take it as serious, <laughs> to kind of relax with it, yep. you know. So that's how you deal with your with anxiety, with performance anxiety. Well, yeah, I, I've also One took up things. a bit of meditation yep. and yep. breathing exercises yep. to Same. to really calm the nerves, yep. you know. And I started doing that when I when I when I started getting my first few solo gigs. Okay. And just like going to the gig and just like you know driving to the gig and freaking out, just yeah. going like, oh crap, I gotta you know. Yeah. Put on a put on the performance. I hope I remember everything. This and that. And you see brains going nuts. It's a different beast playing on yeah. your own. <laughs> so one day <laughs> I was just like, all right, I'm just gonna sit down, find a quiet place, breathe a little bit, and then just see how we go. But good on you for throwing yourself into that. That sort of a gig because they're the toughest gigs, the solo gigs. You know, yeah, it's, I've it's done tough. I've done a lot of them, and I no still hope. have that. You know, as I say, on the way to the gig, you you have those butterflies, you have those, you know, thing, you know, how it's going to be, what, how am I going to do this, and things that you're not sure of. You know, you're trying to remember, and then, but at the end of it, you feel a great achievement. You know. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's part of the process. You know, like yeah. as you say, um, uh, it's like a it's. Putting yourself out there, upping your game a bit, yep. trying to play a bit better. Yep. Kicking your own ass. Kicking your own ass, you know, <laughs> slugging yeah. your back. Just like, <laughs> but it gets better in the end. And then like after after a while, I don't know, I'm, I'm like, I've, I've been doing this now like almost, what, like 25 years. And, and now I feel like I'm a bit more comfortable with where I'm, where you are. Where, where I'm at and what, with what I can do. Yep. Um, and I feel like I've learned a, a lot. You know, mm. so I'm I'm really enjoying being able to express those things, you know, when I can. Yeah. Um, also putting myself out there a little bit more, going to some jazz jams and stuff that, you know, I, I wasn't doing a long time ago. Yeah. Because it was just a bit nerve wracking. Yeah. These days it's like, all right, I can go and play chords and yeah. I can, you know, a defend myself or a little yeah. bit. You know, like, and that's that's yeah. good. If you don't put yourself there, um, it, you'll stay at the same level. You won't. You you won't get that to that next step or the next level where you want to go. Yeah. Um. And and that's that that's really good that you're doing it because not a lot of people have got the balls to to do that as well. You yeah. Know? It's a it's a you know it's a pressure it's a high pressure gig if you're going to like improvise jazz and stuff and then you like you got some really good players. And <laughs> yeah. Like, I was gonna say you must be you must be yeah. in in thick of it with some really good players and thinking oh yeah. you know hey what's going on here you yeah. know. But it's cool. It's a good vibe. It's always nice and supportive and stuff. So it's yeah. I I noticed because we've we've rehearsed, we've played before, 
And one thing I noticed with your guitar playing, it's very melodic. It's very gentle. You know, it's very, very easy to 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 play along with. You know, um, do geez. you do you make a point of playing like that, or does it come naturally, or are you conscious of that? Yeah, I am. I am conscious of that. I I deliberately try and approach the instrument in a in a gentle gentle way. Mm. My influences are like. Um, my strong influences are like players like Joe Pass, mm-hmm. um, Baden Powell, yep. um, oh man, Jim Hall. Um, I think you know Steve Maggs is one of my favorite players ever, and and he's got such a gentle touch. Yeah, because I noticed when you played the Venezuelan waltzes, you had a very nice touch and you played it very flowingly. Yeah, and geez. that's how they need to be played. Yeah, no. I like that approach. You know, I really, I really dig that that approach to to really bringing out the the subtleties in the instrument. Mm. Although sometimes it's really easy just to overdo it on the nylon string. Oh, you know, it's just like to overplay and really and that's when you want to and stuff. You want to smack yourself in the head. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, you know, it's, it's, you know and it's already happened. It's like on turn back time and delete that. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. I've done it so many times. Yeah. Sometimes it's also a bit of bit of eagerness to get to where you're getting as well and, true and I noticed that you have that that calmness in your playing you know we'll get there yeah we'll get there yeah I'll try on. I'll try yeah you know and there's there's players like um you know Miles Davis and, and guys, guys like that, that yeah but you know, that's they, they need to play they, they just they just play two notes and it's it's, it's you're gone you know? it's 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 how you play those two notes yeah and the timing of you it know? you know um I sometimes not playing is the trick as well. Yeah. Knowing space. when with space, yeah. You know, it's like especially when you're playing with others and you're and you're accompanying. Like I've accompanied singers a lot in the past and accompanying singers is a different kettle of fish. You have to give them space. Yeah. Sometimes I want to elongate a note. You have yeah. to give them space. Sometimes yeah. I don't play in some places. And this is where they you know, it, it happens. Yeah. You know, but that should be also the case when you're playing with a, with another person. If you're if you're playing with another guitarist and you're doing runs and passages harmonically, that's a different story. But if you're accompanying and you're and you're trying to um, keep the foundation, you know, mm. you have to be like that. Like you're playing, you need to be gentle. You need to be a bit flowy. You need to be a bit of that. So, mm. you know, you give the other other person that you're playing with the chance to to do what they're gonna do. Yeah. But it has to be in reverse as well. Yeah, you know? yeah. You gotta you gotta learn learn to take both roles. Correct. Correct. And and that's that's where it's um uh like you, I've accompanied a lot of singers mm. and I've I've learned a, a lot about um accompanying singers and, and not getting in their way. Yeah. Um trying not to overplay. And another thing is like, you know, that I I try to work now is a bit more of like not just playing a chord because that's the chord. Try and voice it in a way where it's really helping mm. the melody. You know, it's that's that's that's, an, that's another thing. You that's know, it's, an it's, art. It's, it's a work in progress. <laughs> yeah, you know. But you're conscious of it. But yeah, yeah, you know, that's, always striving towards it. That's great. You're conscious of it. Yeah. There's a few musicians that they're not conscious of it. Yeah. Well, man, you know, yeah. you got to start somewhere. <laughs> you got to you know? start somewhere. That's so, right. That's right. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure I've done. Many mistakes. Oh, have <laughs> you know, all. Have over the years. All. But um, 
but it's good to to learn all this stuff and and realize you know what what's going on and trying to fix that stuff up yeah you know? i think yeah. um and when you know a few other instruments you know what they're supposed to sound like and you can he you can hear it in your head of how you're going to accompany with that instrument and with this instrument and everything like that and i think this is a segue to you know the ability of you of, of yours of having you know the ability to play the tres, having the ability sure. to play percussion, having the ability to play. I think there's another instrument. Is it that you play the? Uh, I play a tiple colombiano. The tiple colombiano. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so the tiple colombiano came because I was learning Afro-Cuban music. It was ah, like, it was so okay. Like fully crossed paths. Um, we started a band uh, with a few friends. San Lazaro. Nah, no, nah, This that? was this was called Tony Montuno. And you're playing the Montuno as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And I picked up the, the tiple there um, because it was the only instrument that we had that was similar to a tres. Yeah. And it was a beast. Uh, no, it wasn't a beast of a guitar. It was like, it was a pretty shitty guitar. <laughs> but a beast like of an instrument. Beast of an instrument to learn. Yeah. But like the strings were like this far off. Oh, the, the neck action was and, like. You know, it was just like, ah. But, um, you could have fixed it yourself. Well, back then I, I, oh, I was just then. learning, you know. I had hair too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we put put together this band and I was learning the tiple. And then, um, you know, the, the cool thing about that was that all the Chilean music that I listened to, Inti Yimani, for mm -hmm. example, um, and Victor Jara's songs and stuff, yeah. they all have tiple. So... I got to learn that stuff and play with the Chilean community. Songs on tiple, Afro-Cuban stuff with the tiple. And then a few years down the track, probably 10 years, I, I, I fixed up a guitar, on my, like a three-quarter size guitar, yep. and made it into a tres. Okay. Cuban style, you yeah, know, like yeah, the Cubans yeah. do. Yeah. And, um, and I, you know, it was pretty crappy sounding, but I, I got the mechanics of it, you, you developed know, the, the logistics of it and I developed it. I started learning or just playing along to songs, you know. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's what I try to do to, to learn to learn stuff is play along and, to And that's that's how you learn. That's play how you learn. Songs. That's the way that's you know, how you learn. Yeah, the flamenco listen, stuff you yeah, listen, it's all yeah, you know. That's right. That's all that and is. The jazz yeah. stuff as well, yeah, you know. Yeah. And it's all it's all about listening to what's happening in the background as well. While the singing is going on, oh, what's happening in the background? Yeah. Now what's the guitar doing? Oh, what's the drums doing? Oh, what's yeah. the bass doing? Oh, what's the There's a lot of homework. Yeah. yeah. Learn the melodies, learn the analyzing. chords. Analyzing. A lot, lot of analyzing. So I took up the, the tres and then we recorded with, um, oh, well, during all of that time, I, I started a band called San Lazaro. Yeah. Um, with a few friends of mine. Yeah. Um, which is still going 20. That's no, 19 years on, we're we're still going. That's that's a that's a it's a long period for yeah, a band. It's a massive period for the band. It's like a marriage. It's <laughs> it's like a hectic marriage, man. It's <laughs> full on. Nah, but I love it. I love the band, and um, I love the music that we've that we've done over the years. Mm -hmm. It's it's been really. You've recorded a few things as well, right? Yeah, we've we've How recorded three three. Recording works. a band like that. You guys just jumped into a studio and recorded, or you guys did it separately? How how, how did that yeah, happen? Yeah, well, our first recording was done. You know, we had a residency at the Gershwin Room in, in okay. the S, at the SP for yeah, like yeah. six, almost a whole year. So we saved up all that money, and we 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 got um, uh, Adam Rhodes engineer, who's like Cat Empire, yep. dude. 
mixing engineer. And um, and we went to Sing Sing Recording Studio. Okay. And just like, you know, just, just lashed, you know, put it out there and we just went for a really awesome recording, you know. Yeah. Beautiful room, um, beautiful process of recording. So you know, a year's first, worth of gigs. Yeah, the, the whole year, you know, yeah, it was like, you know, close to 15 or something, I don't know, something yeah, like yeah. that. And we'll, you know, we got to pay for this thing and we had a really organized manager back then and um, and we did this awesome recording. That was our first recording of the first kind of instance of the band where we were like learning Latin music, but we had all these other influences. You yeah. know, we had hip hop, we had jazz, mm. we had funk, reggae. Cumbia, yeah, I've, I've, I've heard the funk in there. Yeah. yeah. So then we we did that album, and then a few few years later, uh, we recorded an album more home style. Yep. Just here in Hope Street, where I got my studio. Yep. Just down the road. Um, we did that recording, and and the last recording was done at Sound Park Recording Studios. Okay. That was the the last album we released in 2016. That's yeah. So that's it's three albums, a one EP, two albums. Yep. And um, before the lockdowns and everything, um, we we got given a grant from the Australia Council. We yep. won a grant to write ten new songs. Okay, for That's the band, good. not even That's record cool. them, just, just like to write them. To write them. So we had a whole year to and to workshop these songs. We had two teams um, because we got. I'm a chord player. We got Romy, who's a chord player, who's a fantastic. Romy Hernandez, who's fantastic piano player she um she arranged the music also and we had a team we had two teams like so me playing guitar her playing piano with a singer me with a singer and writing we're just writing ideas you know yep. just giving seeing how we go and we put them all together make the song and then Romy would arrange the horns for it so with these songs a is was i mean for the san lazaro band or was it just to write them and possibly give to someone else to interpret no no this is this is for the band okay. San Lazaro. yeah it's for the band so um so we got to document this this thing we we, we did um uh, a live rehearsal yeah documenting with a 360 camera for all, all everything mic'd up awesome really nice nice recording um done at the convent at the convent, absolutely. Yeah, at the convent. And we got um, our fans to come and watch the, the, the recording. recording. So we sat in a circle and they all sat around us. You're in the round. You're yeah, in the round. kind of like that. What do you call it? Was, who was the, those guys that record like that? Um, I know, they do it in Abbey, yeah. Abbey Road Studios, I think. Yeah, so in yeah, one of the yeah. rooms there. Like Snarky Puppy, those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. The, yeah. yeah but without the headphone, you know. Yeah, yeah. Not, not so produced. Yeah. yeah. But it was a good process and, and the songs are... A, a different, you know, we 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 went straight down the Afro-Cuban timba vibe, and um and you know it's pretty heavy on that yep. sound, so it's it's pretty Cuban, very modern Cuban okay. jazzy style. So the band's gone through a few facets, you know. We've done candombe, you know. I love I yeah. love candombe music, yeah. so we've I've written some candombes in there. Um, you've got a lot of. A lot of inspiration with different sorts of music. Oh Oscar, yeah, you know your 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 brain must be leaking and this uh, oh, and, and I listen to exploding music. and yeah, I listen to know, music you, and I go, how can I do that? <laughs> and you just you, you, you just you just go and do it, you know. Yeah, um, and 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 
that's that's a good thing. But sometimes, well, for me, I'm I'm the same. But sometimes it's it stresses me out. It's like I gotta I gotta switch off, you know. Sometimes yeah. or or change change the gears, you know, change yeah. the, change the speed, you know. Yeah. But I don't know how to do it, man. Like sometimes I just like I get home and I put YouTube on YouTube and watch some dude nerding out on. That can be another soloing over chord progressions yeah. and stuff like you know, know. just like never turn off. And then it's and so then hard. and then you know it's like you, sometimes I I can't even go to bed because you have got all these things in your head, all these melodies, or yeah. you're you know it's, that happens to me after gigs. Yeah, yeah, after gigs. Yeah, I, just, I have like, I can't go to bed straight after gigs yeah. either. Yeah, it's like I have to settle down. You know. Yeah. Probably watch a bit of TV. Yeah. And then and then go to bed. That's you know? it. That's yeah, it's it. gigs are they're quite. Uh, it gets can be you. quite exhausting. Yeah, sometimes. it gets adrenaline adrenaline going. Yeah, especially if it's a big you know? gig. You know, yeah. like if it's if there's a lot of people and there's you know it's pumping. Yeah. yeah. They're they're the big ones. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Then you got your, then you got your solo ones where you just you want to go home and rest. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But it's every everything's every everything everything's got its own beauty. Every gig's got its own beauty. Everything's got its you know own place. You know, yeah. different different character of people. You're you're playing differently. It's a different setup. It's yeah. you know, yeah. But it's it's you're trying to challenge yourself all the time. You know, but I know like when you do your solo gigs, you do you use loops because I know you use loops. You're you're well into the loops. Yeah. 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 Um, there's there's two types of solos gigs that I do um where I could just I just do like s- instrumental stuff yep um and that generally goes down well at like weddings or mm. you know those those kind of receptions like the RACV yeah. building and stuff yep. like that yeah um but uh probably like f- since 2016 I've been singing I've been like doing more singing yep. solo gigs and um, that's getting a lot better. So now I try to mix up singing songs and even writing my own stuff. That's good. Um, and and then there's like gigs that you could do, like say for example, um, Baruzo. I've done a few times doing this, doing the looping thing with a, a drum machine. Yeah. And my loop, and then the guitars, and then I sing put the guitar down and I don't know do do multiple things and it's really cool because you got you got multiple layers of things that you can you can do and it's also you're limited to well I'm limited to two tracks okay two loops that are are timed to the same length so yeah you got to kind of play with that and make it interesting for the listener it's a different dynamic it's isn't a different it? dynamic I don't like I don't like to do the looping thing where you're like playing eight bars of a shaker and then eight bars of a clave stick. By the time you get to the melody, well, yeah, <laughs> the song's done. Everyone's left, in. you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, I've 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 been trying to do that with flamenco stuff, and it's it's challenging. And and because flamenco sometimes works in twelve bars. Yeah. By the time you do the one compass, the second compass, you, you know, you've only you've you've only done the compass, right? So you have to start playing. Yeah, you do. You, you, you have to start playing, yeah, otherwise it's. It. You know, yeah, but I know, I know what you mean, and and it's it's a challenge. It is, but it is. You know, if you can get that going, it's a different dynamic. It's quite good. Yeah, you know, like yeah, and you know, you got to play in that time all the time. You yeah. can't speed up. You can't slow down. No, you know? no. There's there's 
like like I say, there's limitations that you have to just go ahead and, and work with them, you know, because yep. that's the nature of the setting. And these days, you know, that's that's a thing. It's a thing. Like these days, looping artists is a thing. Yep. Um, there's multiple styles of looping yep. that you can do. I try and keep it quick and straight into the music. Yep. Um, I guess if I did buy a different looping pedal, I would have different tracks. Well, that's your next step. Could, yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, you got to learn it. You got to learn your equipment. Yeah. I think that's a really good thing. Also, is you know, um, doing is learning. You know, uh, same same for my studio. I tr I try um, I try and just like learn my gear by just working on my sh my stuff. Yeah. You know, and um, and tweak and learn how everything works you know and learn on the gig you you've know? got a really good studio i've i've been i've been yeah, in and thanks, it's, it's, a, it's a really thanks. nice studio and Jeez. it's it's got a good vibe so i know yeah. I, I know that you probably want to spend all your day in there and your yeah, whole day I'd, so. I'd love to yeah, yeah. but it's a nice little so, studio it's and it's very close it's just up the road yeah just up the road yeah so. and 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 i think being going to a studio and going to somewhere to to, to rehearse is very important because sometimes when you do it at home you know it's like I, you know, you're gonna rehearse, but I'll have a coffee now. Or I've got you get you get caught up with other things. Yeah. Whereas if you're going to a recording studio or you're going to a studio to rehearse, you're going for that sole purpose to rehearse. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or to work on your art. That's right. You know? Yeah. I, I I head in there and I try and get something done. At least something. One yeah. thing. You know. Yeah. Even as if it's as simple as writing a little riff or as simple as. Um, Working on a mix, yep. you know, build, building it up um, or finishing some songs, bits and pieces. That's like a, it's a win. Yeah. You know? Sure is. Um, because it costs money. It does. Um, and. Uh, Not all musos are millionaires. Or no, billionaires. no, that's right. That's right. So <laughs> yeah. I'm lucky I got a teaching job where, where this is, you know, it, I can, I can warrant. Feed paying. your obsession. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Your I, I love it. I love it. So um, I'm going to try and keep that going. And, and, yeah. and that's what we all we're all trying to do. We're all trying to keep keep it going. Yeah. But um, look, Oscar, it's been a pleasure having you on this podcast, and it's been really good getting inside your head and getting you know the insight of 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 your 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 musicality as well. So, um, thanks thanks Jeez. for coming on, on along, man. So yeah. it's been a pleasure. Awesome, Valentino. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's uh, really been, been, been a pleasure. pleasure to be here. Been too. a pleasure. Yeah. Um, awesome. Also, want to thank Yesteryear Revival um, for their support, as well as my production team, as well as always, and Cake Eclipse for their support as well with these lovely cakes. And uh, see you on the next podcast. Awesome. Salud. Salud. <laughs> <laughs> All the best, man. Gracias.
Hope you enjoyed the Striker Chord podcast. Be sure to visit valentinoflamenco.com to access more podcast episodes, news, and other projects that I'm currently working on. Thanks for listening and watching.